Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Welcome to our weekly Gentleman's Hour today on Trending. If you have a question, gentlemen, with a Catholic take, my guest today is Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. Uh, he deals, his background is everything from Homeland Security, defense, sales. He's owned his own businesses. He's been there. We're going to talk about career, what to do when you face fear or boredom at work, or maybe you're in need of uh, giving more financially to your family. What do you do? We'll unpack that as well as, gentlemen, have you ever wanted to leave your marriage? Do you now? We'll take a deep dive into the depths of what's going on and what to do about it. So if you have a question today, any question goes, gentlemen, it's your hour. Number is 1-888-914-9149. You can also ask your question on social media. Just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I am there, and we are happy to take your question today. Jim O'Day, as I mentioned before, is the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. His work there specifically deals with the crisis in our culture today having to do with sexual addiction, pornography use, uh, the impact it has on marriage, dating, relationships. Uh, but today we're diving into a different topic uh, that is near and dear really to much of his work. He helps coach men and women, especially men, in career choices because he has been everywhere from secular, corporate, high-level corporate America to the nonprofit world. And Jim, one topic in particular that's been standing out to me with everything from the recession to just basic family needs or our very human desire for change and challenge is what happens, especially for a man, what does he do when he's facing maybe fear about security or insecurity in his work? Maybe it has to do with the people he's working with, or maybe he's facing boredom, or needing to financially provide more for his family. Let's talk first about facing fear with regard to his current position, maybe due to a particular personality or just the instability of the market we're in today in terms of the economy. Well, and that's a huge, thanks for having me on again, first of all, Tim Marie, I always enjoy our chats. Um, that is a huge problem today. And, and what that does is it increases stress. And, and that stress often doesn't allow us to make very good decisions. So when we're in that state of stress, our, our, our body is reacting in a certain way, our mind is reacting in a certain way, and we don't make good decisions. So one of the things I, I tell people all the time when they're in the midst of this situation, whether it's problems with your boss so you have a, a real fear of losing your job or, or problems in the company or the industry, what is out of your control, you have to surrender. You have to leave that out of your control. 
there are things you can do, such as maybe looking for another job, finding out if there's other uh, certifications or qualifications you can get to move to another position in the company if you like the industry and, and like the company. Um, but we have to really address the stress because that one issue is absolutely, I guarantee you, I've been there myself, going to help you to make the wrong decision at the wrong time. I like what you emphasize. You know, sometimes and often it is 100% out of your control. You can't change people. You can't always change the circumstances you're in with regard to the people you're working with. But again, you can find a new job where I love that where you mentioned maybe you love the company you're with, but you need to get out from under the current team you're working with. And I've seen some incredible situations where you know you do what you need to do to maybe de make a lateral move even, uh, but that lateral move can make you much happier in your position with you know anything from networking within your own company to working, like you said, on a certification that could kind of change the trajectory of how you're working, but do it internally rather than having to go to a completely different company because you proved yourself within that company. Well, and from the company standpoint, I mean, if it's any good, the company you're working for, they absolutely realize they have made an investment in you. And that investment costs a lot of money to train someone, to get them up to speed, to um, accept them into the culture and make them part of the team. Those are, you know, not hard costs necessarily that businesses calculate, but they are real costs for a business. So if you're working for a company that understands that and you go to them and you say, look, I love the company. I'm not thrilled with the current position I'm in. Here's where I see my skill sets. I think in this division, this department, this role, I'd be a much better fit. They should get that if there's an opportunity to do so. Yeah. And I may tell you, great idea. Um, I, I, I think you're absolutely right, but it's going to be six months or that's fine. Mm -hmm. You have a plan. Mm -hmm. And isn't that plan part of what can pull us out of the rut that we experience in situations such as these, like you said, that fear with regard to security or comfort with the people you're working with, uh, that causes stress. And if you have a plan, you have a way out of it, that reduces stress or makes it more manageable versus many people, I think, find themselves here and they're like, well, I'm stuck here. I have to provide for my family. You know, I can't go in a different direction. So I really appreciate kind of that candid perspective on the issue of facing fear, insecurity, discomfort with the people you're with. The next part with regard to needing to make changes with career that I'd like to dive into. And by the way, if you have a question, Jim O'Day's here. He's incredible with coaching and working with career changes and advice. So if you have a question, the number is 1-888-914-9149. It's our weekly gentleman's hour. So please send us your questions. Um, let's talk about boredom at work. I find this mm -hmm. especially uh, prevalent among millennials today in particular. Uh, but I don't think it's something new. I think it, for most people, there can often be seasons where I maybe need more of a challenge. Um, maybe, you know, things have become too routine. Maybe based on your personality type, you're a learner and you need to learn more. What do you do when you're facing boredom and it's maybe causing you to check out or just not function at the same level uh, that you should be or were before? Well, I think one of the first things, and, and, and it's so funny we're having this conversation tonight, I, I read a, uh, a devotional 
just yesterday morning um, that focused on how as Catholics we have to remember whatever work we're doing, we're doing for God. Even in the secular world. Even in, no, even more so in the secular world. Because the way we work, the way we approach our coworkers, the way we interact with internal and external constituents, that shows who we are. And what we should be showing is that we are lovers of Jesus. And I was blown away by that. So that's number one. And I really had to think about that even in my own life. There's been a lot of times I did not behave that way. Um, so that that's number one. But number two is, look, when you've been doing anything for a long time, you can kind of go on autopilot in a lot of roles in organizations. And that can get boring. And when we get bored, then maybe we don't focus as much. We don't put forth as much effort. Um, that's going to come back and bite us. Mm -hmm. So I would say when you're feeling that way, as opposed to allowing the boredom to set in, look for other opportunities in your organization um, to do more or to learn more, even if you're not doing it. At one of the companies I work with, one of the best things, we had 2,500 um, factory floor employees. And one of the best things we did was we had uh, lunch and learn sessions for all of them where we would teach them about, uh, you know, not necessarily business-related things, but life-related things, how to do a home budget, mm. how to save for your kid's college, things like that. And we would have different speakers come in or myself or other members of the executive team would go do those classes that was amazing for us as executives of the organization, but it was also amazing for the employees. So be the catalyst in your organization to say, let's learn something new, people. Mm, I love that. And I think coming back to the idea of understanding that what you're doing, whether you're in secular or non-for-profit work, is work for God. Like That, that viewpoint is viewing the people in the company as the assets. Right, you viewing, and that's kind of the understanding of the Catholic social teaching with regard to business is the people who work within the company are just as valuable, if not more valuable, than the customer and the product. And when you have good, happy, healthy, wholesome people, you will have a good functioning company and product uh, because people are giving you know sound quality work and feedback and growth and you know it, the brainstorming everything should be functioning well when we invest in people and I think that's why this whole boredom issue really does come back to the first statement you made again of no matter where you're working your work is for God so whether you understand it's for your family right you're providing an income or that you're providing a oh. service you know trying to understand how that service works but can you speak to how when we find ourselves bored at work, um, especially for men, because it can be a very kind of emotional response when men experience mm -hmm. boredom to check out or, you know, be angry and not get their job done. Can you talk to the importance of understanding responsibility and that even in the face of not liking something or wanting to do something, um, how you can find strength and even appreciation, overcome boredom by 
living up and owning that sense of responsibility in the position you're in. So that is an incredible question. And and I want to, this is breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. It's only going to be heard on the, on the trending with Timory show. <laughs> I didn't love every job I've ever had. Mm. Some of them I didn't even like. <laughs> yeah. All of but us, right? Them. Yeah. Right. It's, it's so part how did of you the do it? condition. So one of the things for me, um, because of my background growing up with my, my parents separating when I was two, no dad around, we had a really hard life financially growing up. And I said, I, my kids are not going to feel that ever. They are never going to know that. No matter what I have to do, they will never know that fear I had as a child that pain I had as a child, they're not going to know that. So that was my driver, even when things sucked, when I really didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I just did it because it was so important to me to make sure that my family was well taken care of. That was priority number one. Mm -hmm. Now it should be priority number two, right? It, our job should be we're working for God even when we don't like it, we're working for God because that's how people are going to know who we are. Number two would be the family. But those are two great motivators, ladies and gentlemen. If you can incorporate those two things, you will get through this. Then if it's time for a career change, an industry change, a new position, you'll have time to do it. But if you check out, you're probably going to get fired. That's risky behavior. Yeah, fired or you even become disappointed in yourself, wouldn't you say? Like mm, you hit a point well, where you know absolutely. you're checked out. Yeah, you know you're checked out. You're not really doing your job to the fullest capacity. You're kind of scared about the security of your job now because you know you've been checking out. And then you kind of just start to have this lousy view of yourself because you've not been performing to the level you want. And so it doesn't just impact career. It impacts other areas of your life too and your, your own self-worth. Yeah, and your relationships, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And and I got to tell you, my opinion, that's probably one of the worst feelings in the world, right? Bored when you are disappointed. No, when you're disappointed in yourself. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. is a rough one. So we have to know that the, the potential exists. The more we keep checking out and saying, I'm bored, this job sucks, I don't like it, it's not going to be healthy for us. It's not going to be healthy for our careers. It's not going to be healthy for our marriages, our relationships, our friendships. Um, it's not going to be healthy for our faith, ultimately. Um, because when we start to get really disappointed in ourselves, then we start to blame God uh, for these things. Right? Mm -hmm. Well, why didn't he yes. fix it? I prayed. Why didn't he fix it? That's Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. You can find them at integrityrestored.org. That's integrityrestored.org, helping people who are struggling uh, with pornography, looking at pornography. Uh, but we're taking a deep dive into career choices. Jim O'Day also has worked in the secular world and coaches and works a lot uh, with men in particular in 
job trajectories changes. Uh, the other question I want to ask with regard to work and work changes, and it's our weekly gentleman's hour. So if you have a question about your career, feedback, would like some advice, number is 1-888-914-9149. That other question I had was, especially for husbands, what do you do when you're in this rut and you need to provide more financially for your family? But maybe you're comfortable, maybe you love your job, uh, maybe you're just, you don't like to make change. You know, you kind of just wanted to be that person who got a job and sticked with it because that's what your parents did, right? Um, how do you navigate that type of situation when you're in need but not wanting to make a change or you don't know how to make a change? Hmm. Perfect question, and I just had this, uh, this conversation over the weekend with a friend of mine. Uh, who called me up, who is in exactly that spot, exactly that spot. He really likes his job. He's been in the industry for a while, does not want to change, but he's kind of capped, right? He's not going to be able to make much more in the company, in the industry he's in at this level, at this role. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to go to the next level because that would involve a tremendous amount of travel. Mm-hmm. And it's important yes. for him to be home with his family. Yes. Okay. So he says, what do I do? Well, the first thing I told him is, what can you do on the side? Like his family, I'm not going to get into details because it was personal, but there's some real costs that are happening that were completely unexpected. And so he's got to do something. It's either go find a new job that pays more or, you know, I don't know, eat ramen like he's back in college uh, every day. So I said to him, what can you do on the side? And he said, well, nothing. I said, why nothing? Well, I don't want to give up my weekends. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I get home at 6 o'clock. I like to have my dinner, and then I like to relax. (laughs) Mm. Okay. You know, I kind of laughed, honestly. I was like, all right, so you really don't want to solve this problem. And he says to me, what the heck are you talking about? Of course I want to solve the problem. I said, no, you don't. So the first question I would tell people is you got to consider, what do you want to do? The, The money is always, the more money you make, the more money you spend. So you're always going to be chasing dollars. That's the first thing. Are there things you can cut in your life that will make your budget more manageable? What can you do there? That's the first thing. The second thing is you got to have a long conversation with your spouse and your family. Um, If you're going to go look for a new job, that can involve much longer hours. Uh, Like with this guy, it could involve much more travel. Um, Are you willing as a family to do that? Then the third thing is, What can you do on the side? You know, we are in this gig economy now, and there's so many more opportunities um, to make money on the side than have ever existed before. Mm -hmm. It's going to take a lot more work. But, you know, you can get, let's say you're a good handyman or a good painter. You can get on next door and line up customers every weekend to go do little projects at their house. Right, right. Right? Yeah. You can uh, build a course and launch it online if you're an expert in, uh, I don't know, piano or or violin or whatever. Um, 
you can you can take a job depending on your your work schedule uh coaching in in a in a in a local middle school or high school um you know it's like three grand a season or whatever it's not a ton of money but that might not that might be enough to put you over the edge right the the thing is, you have to do something about it. And I think that's the hard thing, Jim, because as we're talking about this, I hear that reaction, that same reaction that your buddy had, you know, calling you for advice. And you're saying, what can you do on the side? Which I think is the question. Your family needs more financially. What can you do? And I think a lot of men are just not willing. You know, there's that comfort. Well, I get home at this time. I, let, yeah. I don't want to give up my weekends, which I get. We need to preserve family time. But there's... There was this time where I'm not saying that men should be workaholics because I know, you know, we have seen past generations who have been that. The current, you know, millennial generation down can sometimes even be that, even though many of them are trying to ditch work altogether. And there's always this tendency in some people. uh, But I just, I see it even in my husband. Like if we need more or if he can do more, he has a gift to give, you know, how he can give on the side to do more uh, for our family or even just in terms of volunteer work. You have to have that spirit of, okay, what can I do rather than, well, I need to do something, but but you don't realize that you're not willing to do it. And one common objection I hear, especially just even in my peer group talking to people when I hear the same question come up, because my husband will say like, hey, you know, what else can you do? Um, Is, well, I'm not an entrepreneur. You know, I'm not interested in, you know, being my own business owner. I couldn't do that. Um, There's a balance, right? Like there's a balance to, you know, doing contract work and starting up your own business. And I think some people have a difficult time understanding the two. Hmm. That, I mean, a great point, Timory. So, so not everybody would want to do that. And I get it. I've heard from people too, Jim, not my thing. I'm not trying to start anything on the side or full time. It's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I almost promise you walk into any restaurant, any retailer, um, <laughs> any gas station, everybody's looking for somebody to help. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs staff. So if you don't want to start your own thing, you don't feel comfortable doing that, take a part-time side job, um, especially now, perfect time with the holidays. You know, go to um, Macy's or wherever and, and get, a, get a job on the floor um, for the holidays. That can really add a lot of revenue for your family, that little part-time job. Mm-hmm. Yep, doing what you have to do. It's a challenge. Is it a change in thinking and it's a willingness uh, to do what you need to? And like you said, talking to your spouse, figuring out what can and what do we need to do because you come together in situations like these. We have some questions coming in. Let's go ahead and start with uh, this question that came in. How could I help my brother who's stressed out looking for another job? Ooh, aren't we all there right now? So many people who are looking for new jobs. What do you do to help them out? Hmm. Um, you know, it's such a hard thing because even the job hunt today is so different, right? And, and really impersonal in a lot of ways. We go online, we fill out an application, we submit our resume, and some computer somewhere is kind of tracking keywords that it's looking for. And if those keywords don't match up, you never even get an acknowledgement that they received 
your resume. Mm -hmm. It is debilitating for people. Yeah, dehumanizing. Absolutely dehumanizing. And, and really, honestly, very poor business practice right. from an organization. But it's, it's just where technology has led us, unfortunately. It's done a lot of good things. This is certainly one of the bad. So what I would say to your brother, and I don't know how old he is, I don't know what his educational background is, what kind of job he's looking for, um, but he's got to find ways to network around what he's interested in. Mm -hmm. So if he can join online groups in that area, if he can go meet people, the local chamber of commerce, there's a lot of things we can do thinking outside of the box to get him not just an electronic file in front of these employers. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent advice. Helping to use your in-person network. And even isn't that often at the end of the day what it is? Working with the people you know, the network you have built often to find your next job. I remember my mom always said that growing up when I was a kid. And I've seen it ring true over and over again to really foster that network you're in. It's our weekly Gentleman's Hour today on Trending. Joining me is Jim O'Day. We're going to dive back into the topic of work and also gentlemen have you ever wanted to leave your marriage we'll dive to the depths of what's going on and what to do about it numbers 1-888-914-9149 check out integritystored.org in the meantime you're listening to trending with timory where you can discuss what matters most to you join the conversation 888-914-9149 Have you ever wanted to leave your marriage? Well, it's an important question. You know, it's one I think not a lot of people would willingly admit to. Uh, but, you know, I was recently reached out to by this woman, Diane, sharing about the challenges in her own marriage. And I thought we'd talk about it today during our weekly Gentleman's Hour, understanding her perspective, but then diving into how this issue impacts men, wanting to leave your marriage, but taking the vows in the Catholic Church. Um, I think that it's an important topic to discuss because sometimes you know you go, okay, I do want to leave, but I took this vow. I believe in permanence and fidelity, uh, but I'm resenting my spouse because of it. So we're going to unpack that today on Trending with Jim O'Day. But before we go there, Jim, a really interesting call came in. We were talking about, you know, what happens when you're, you're feeling insecure in your job, maybe you're bored, or maybe you just need to make more financially for your family. What do you do? Uh, we talked about a lot of solutions. So if you missed it, go and listen, relevantradio.com forward slash trending. This podcast will be available later this evening or wherever you catch your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, we're there. Uh, but one call came in that I did want to share. Um, Rob's on the phone from Naperville, Illinois. Rob, what was your take on kind of doing what you've got to do to address that boredom and those challenges, maybe needing to make more for your family. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the topic. Yeah, of course. Um, thank you so much for having me on. Um, both you guys, thank you so much for the uh, much needed advice for sure. Um, <clears throat> but I was definitely laughing to myself, uh, Jim, when you were talking about your friend who goes, oh, I don't want to give my weekends away. Well, did you try this? No, I don't want to. You know, that sounds so much like me. I'm such a stubborn hardhead. <laughs> um, until I decided to pick up door dashing, um, you know, the food delivery service, you can set your own hours, um, you know, the skill that's necessary is, you know, minimal for sure. And uh, if you're like me and you're not the most, uh, you know, personable guy with the public, because we know how the public can be, um, <laughs> you're not interacting with the public too much. Um, 
but really, honestly, that kind of changed my life in terms of uh, getting that extra income and, you know, being able to make your own hours and, and not having to worry about losing your weekend time because you can basically shut it down whenever you want. So mm-hmm. for any listeners out there who may be thinking about that, DoorDash is absolutely an amazing thing to uh, pursue. Yeah, I think it's a great input because you can pick up what, what you want when you can and you can kind of determine how much you do or don't do, uh, which in some respects can be kind of family friendly. I know my husband, before we were married, you know, he, he had started up his own company, was working another job, but still needed some income on the side. And so he was uh, driving. I remember, can't remember if it was Uber or Lyft, but, you know, he did what he had to do. I have five hours on a Saturday. You know, you're good. I'm good. I'm going to go and drive for five hours. So I think that's a really helpful uh, perspective of, you know, there are a lot of options out there that you don't have to start your own business. You don't have to contract out, but you can use a lot of these really simple apps that are out there um, and that work with your time frame. You know, another interesting uh, thought real quick, Jim, and I'd love to hear your perspective on it. Jim O'Day, the executive director of Integrity Restores with me. Uh, Douglas commented, he said, if my boss finds out I'm looking for a job, he will fire me. Can you respond to the fear that many people have uh, to pursue a new job while employed in the event that they're current boss finds out big fear um sometimes well-founded oftentimes not right um i don't know his relationship with his boss at all uh, but if if he's even considering this and he's considering it because he doesn't have a really strong relationship with his boss or it's an abusive relationship or whatever um then you got to roll the dice, man. Take that risk and go do it. If it's that you're afraid your boss is going to be so hurt and that's why he's going to fire you, well, then invite your boss for a coffee and talk to him about the reasons why you're dissatisfied right now because that could be an eye-opener for him too. Uh, again, without a lot of the the, the background detail, it's, it's hard to answer, but... I, but I can personally tell you about a, a time in my own life when I was thinking of leaving the company because I wasn't happy with certain things. And an, an older mentor of mine said, well, why don't you go talk to the president of the company? You know him. You spend time with him. You. And I said, well, no, I, he's not going to want to hear that. He's... But I did it. And it was amazing. And I ended up sp- spending another 10 years, Timory, at that firm. Wow. Uh, wow. What a great way yeah. to see that. So out. sometimes we just have to open our mouths, right? And say, look, this is, this is not right. This is not working for me or whatever the case may be. Uh, but so that's always an option. Mm-hmm. If the environment is so hostile that that's not an option, then you're better off leaving anyway. Right. So and just you know, do what you know, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts too, Jim, because I hear this a lot where people are scared to look because, you know, they don't want the person they're working for to find out, or maybe they want to use someone else within the company as a reference. And it kind of just makes me chuckle a little bit because the reality is, is that people get new jobs and they move on. And unless you do something to burn a bridge, um, I don't think that like people are going to be that offended that you leave. I mean, they might be bummed. You might be a great employee, but if they really have an issue, uh, there's something wrong with them. I mean, everyone needs to provide more for their family. Everyone needs to make more at some point. You know, everyone sometimes needs just a change. So I do think it's a very, um, 
silly fear to either think that you're so important that someone's going to get mad at you for leaving or uh, or that, you know, maybe you have such a terrible boss that they would get mad. You, I think that it's very unfounded usually. Well, and I think that the, your reason for leaving is is really critical in this conversation because, again, if you're leaving because it's a, a hostile environment or something's wrong or something's happening that you can't be a part of, well, that's a different reason. If you're leaving for more money, one of two things is going to happen. My personal experience over 35 years in the working world, it, one of two things is going to happen. Your boss is going to wish you well and be completely understanding because they can't do anything about your salary. Or they're going to ask you, what can we do? Can I match it? Is there something we can do to make you stay? Or yes. I can't, I can't match that salary immediately. But how's another two weeks vacation a year? And uh, how about we send you to school for this additional certification, and that bumps you up to the next tier? I mean, there's so many ways companies can handle that. And generally speaking, if you're a good employee, they will. Excellent. Excellent. Those are some great tips and career advice for navigating and changing careers based on fear or boredom or needing to make more for your family. If you didn't catch a conversation with Jim O'Day, please check out the podcast. Send this to someone you know who's looking for a job or just unhappy where they are at. We're talking about the great career reset, the great resignation, uh, and I think it's an important time to be having these conversations right now. Jim, I'd like to shift topics. If you're just joining me, that's Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. You can find him at Integrity restored.org. Um, Jim, I received this email from a woman, Diane. I know it's our weekly gentleman's hour, but I wanted to walk through a little bit of her email and then address for men um, the issue of like, what if you as a man have maybe wanted to leave your marriage, but you're struggling and you took a vow um, to fidelity, you know, Catholic Church, we believe in fidelity and permanence. So maybe you're now resenting your spouse for that. Uh, we'll dive into that, but let's talk a little bit about Diane's story. She shared with me, she wrote in, she said that she loves the show, loves Relevant Radio, and she's been married for 32 years. And this past winter, her husband shared with her that he's befriended a woman that's actually younger than their oldest son and that the friendship has grown and he's stating that he loves her and he claims he can't remember a time that he's been happy with his wife. And he resents her for standing between him and this new woman. So Diane went on to share that she said, I'm not blameless. Uh, for us drifting apart in marriage. She said, honestly, I blame myself every day, but have always just naively trusted my husband and felt we would always just be together. She said, I'm devastated to say the least. The children, everyone's devastated and impacted by this. And she said, I'm, it's literally tearing my family up. Um, what programs and resources do you recommend? And she also commented saying, we're both Catholic and we're married in the Catholic Church. She said, I know my husband's struggling with God over this. She said, he's told me he can't divorce me and is, quote, stuck with me, but he doesn't want to try and both, one, save the marriage and says he can't stop seeing this young woman. Uh, what are your initial thoughts and reaction, Jim? Um, advice for Diane? And then I want to approach this from the male perspective because I know there are a lot of men out there as well who are maybe in the same boat. Hmm. Well, first of all, uh, in that short little email, there is so much there. Yes. So much there uh, that would need to be unpacked 
uh, for weeks and weeks of months, probably, of, of conversations. Um, but the first thing I would say to Diane right now is that, uh, number one, she needs to get to counseling ASAP. She needs to talk to a professional. She needs to be speaking to her priest. Uh, and, and she needs to be inviting her husband to do the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't sound like from the email that couples counseling would be a real possibility right now. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it would be. If, if it is, go do it immediately. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if it's not, go to counseling individually for right now because that anger and that hurt and that resentment and that just constant state of living and irritability with each other is going to have impacts on all the children no matter how old they are on their jobs on their other relationships on their spirituality it's a terrible place to live terrible yeah Absolutely. So and we'll recommend they Catholic go get Therapist. Help. Yeah, CatholicTherapist.com. Again, that's CatholicTherapist.com. We'll post a link on social media because these are therapists that respect the marital vow or aren't going to encourage you to just leave because you're unhappy. And that's important. We need that faithful perspective with sound psychology that backs it up. So CatholicTherapist.com. I'll also mention a couple other resources. Um, Impossible Marriages Redeemed is an incredible book compiled by Layla Miller telling the stories in their own words, of many men and women in their marriages, marriages that were on the brink of divorce, but that were saved. And we need these stories of hope. But, you know, today's Wednesday, right smack in the middle of the week, the church turns our gaze over and over again to St. Joseph. We need to remember the power of prayer. You know, we use the therapy, we use the resources, we hear the stories, but we need to turn to prayer. And I think St. Joseph is such a powerful intercessor for spouses, uh, for some to find a spouse, for others to keep their spouse, to be a good spouse. You know, for us as women to look to St. Joseph as a model, uh, for men to look to St. Joseph as a model, it's so important. So I turn to St. Joseph, pray for your spouse, like truly like pray and fast for your spouse. You will grow a softer heart toward him, even in the midst of this brokenness that he's living out and the harm that he's doing to you by sacrificing for him in that way, as hard as it is. Um, I did want to just, go ahead. Timory, I just want to say the virtue of patience uh, in this situation with each other is going to be, you need to be praying for it every day, multiple times a day, all day long, uh, because this is going to be a difficult part of your journey. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that I have many, many friends, uh, unfortunately, and, and many, many men that I have spoken to in my eight years of working here at Integrity Restored that were in the same position generally speaking, as this guy. And they found something that they thought the grass was greener. Mm-hmm. And now when I talk to them two years, five years, ten years later, mm-hmm. they realize the grass is not greener. And yeah. every single one of those men, almost 100%, I would say almost 100%, regret leaving their family. Yes. There's yeah always going to be that regret even if they're in a new marriage now or whatever there's that little lingering regret so gentlemen if you are listening to me pray for the virtue of patience for yourself and your spouse model saint joseph read about saint joseph learn about saint joseph and then seek a good catholic counselor for yourself first 
to identify those hurts and those traumas that are kind of driving you in this direction, because likely that's what it is. And then secondly, learning that, that will help you learn to communicate with your wife. I want to take a moment, Jim, a few moments we have, um, if you could speak to you know that challenge, you know, the wife has made it clear that, you know, she kind of just took for granted that we'd always be together. And I think sometimes men take that for granted too. You know, they make that vow and they mean that commitment, uh, but then someone else comes along and they, res- they resent their spouse because although they want to stay faithful at the same time, they're like, I'm really not in my heart, but I'm staying even though I'm not. Can you speak to that challenge of just resentment that can occur when you want to leave, but you're choosing to stay? It really ticks me off when I hear that Um, because what you've done now is create this emotional distance in what is, uh, aside from your relationship with God, the most important relationship in your life. And there's so many reasons that, that, that emotional distance happens. But what, what always happens is it starts out small and then we let it grow. And so then we start to resent that other person. And I think that when we get to that point of resentfulness, that problem is on us. It's not on our spouse. Our spouse, in most cases, is doing nothing different than they've always done and don't even know we want anything different because we don't ask for it. We're emotionally disconnected from the relationship. So... Please, gentlemen, get in touch with what you need, what, why you're resentful, but recognize that most of that has to do with you, not your spouse. That's Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. Find him at integriryrestored.org, helping people who are struggling with pornography use. We've mentioned some resources, catholictherapist.com, as well as Impossible Marriages Redeemed book. Keep an eye out on the episode notes for more notes and resources for marriages. I'll be right back today on Trending to talk about what's trending on Twitter having to do with birth control. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Hashtag thanks birth control is trending on Twitter, marking the use of birth control for another year here in the United States. You know, this is actually kind of fun to go through and read all of these tweets filled, hundreds of them, probably thousands of them, um, filled with lies about why birth control is supposedly good for women. I'm just going to walk through some of them. Why is it, it's fun almost because you look at what people are saying and they're lies and we can respond to them and actually tell people the truth. And these are arguments that people actually have. But what's sad is that this is literally damaging women's bodies. So I'll start with um, one of my least favorite offenders in the pro-abortion movement, uh, pro-so-called feminist movement, which is this is what it's all about. Second wave feminism promised women so-called equality if they could be freed from the chains of fertility, unshackled with access to birth control, and then the fail-safe of abortion. Women have been lied to, and it has been hurting our bodies for well over 60 years, rendering women infertile, 
with serious medical conditions having to do with their health as women and it's impacting relationships. More women than ever before as they get into their 40s, 50s, 60s are regretting lost motherhood, never having had children, having too few children. And the lie of this hashtag, thanks birth control on Twitter, is something we need to be able to respond to. And you should be able to respond to. I actually encourage you, go look up the hashtag, thanks birth control on Twitter and read through. And it's THX, just so you know. You know, because we don't spell thanks out all the way if you're doing anything digital. Thanks, birth control. Um, go and read them. You should be able to respond to a lot of these. So here's one. Planned Parenthood said, did you know birth control is for more than preventing pregnancy? Some people use it to regulate periods, ease cramps, treat acne, prevent endometrial ovarian cancer, help treat polycystic ovarian syndrome, prevent bone thinning, and combat iron deficiency. Hashtag thanks birth control. That is the biggest lie. And the worst, the worst thing is that Planned Parenthood touts being, um, a medical facility, a national and actually international medical provider. Let's just talk about this for a second. Birth control is about more than preventing pregnancy because it's used as a band-aid by doctors and the pharmaceutical companies to supposedly regulate a woman's period. Okay, you're a woman and you're having cyclical issues. Let's just give you some hormones rather than actually looking at what types of hormones you might be deficient in. Not to mention the fact that birth control is a group one carcinogen, a cancer causing agent that is leading women to have birth, to have breast cancer and other forms of cancer at very high rates. Just look example at example um, of Haley Bieber, who earlier this year, the wife of Justin Bieber, um, she's a model. Alec, I think Alec Baldwin's daughter, I always get the Baldwin brothers confused, uh, she actually ended up in the hospital. She had a mini stroke this year because she was put on birth control. She's someone who never should have been put on birth control. Her doctor should have looked at her past medical record. Long story short, she's speaking up and shared that birth control is what led her to literally in her 20s have a stroke. So why is birth control being used to do things such as treat so-called irregular periods, ease cramps, treat acne? acne, prevent ovarian cancer and other things because women are being given a disservice ever since the sexual revolution of birth control and abortion coming on the scene, the quality of medical care for women has gone down the tank. We have allowed a agenda to not have children to become so financially lucrative that we use those same chemicals to prevent us from having children to supposedly basically like patch us up to put us back into the working world or back into whatever we're doing. Yeah, hormones will impact hormone irregularities. And for some, it can ease cramps, treat acne, prevent possibly even ovarian cancer because you do need some hormones, but it can also cause many other health issues. Now, in my instance, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. I have Hashimoto's. It is a thyroid disease. If I just listened to the many physicians who recommended that I just go on hormonal birth control because it's hormones, it can help me, right? I would have had far worse health outcomes and I probably would not have children today. And this is the case of many of my peers and friends who literally cannot have children because they found out in high school they had polycystic ovarian syndrome, also known as PCOS, and they were given birth control for five and 10 years, chemically nuking their bodies with 
artificial hormones, leading their bodies to never be able to heal and repair from what was actually going on to then allow them one day to have healthy, normal cycles or even potentially have children. So Planned Parenthood is a liar. And I'm just disgusted that this would even be a tweet that they would put up in the name of women today. Okay, Jen Inc. on Instagram posted this one. She said, birth control keeps me from being in unbearable pain every month from endometriosis that would otherwise keep me from working and living my life. Endometriosis is heartbreaking to have. Many women have a hard time having children or might not be able to have children at all. Now, if you work with a NAPRO physician, which we'll post links on social media as well as in the episode notes, NAPRO physicians can actually help to treat endometriosis with sometimes it's treatment through surgery. Uh, sometimes it's a treatment by using proper levels of progesterone uh, for a woman. But here's the problem. Again, birth control is just this band-aid. It doesn't treat the woman and her specific condition. It can actually worsen endometriosis. And again, it doesn't work toward treating and healing. And many women with endometriosis often actually need surgery. And just seemingly putting a band-aid of birth control for women with endometriosis makes it even harder to one day potentially have children. I've known a number of women who have had endometriosis who were, who were told they would never have a child. And guess what they did with the right physicians. And this is why I love our Catholic NAPRO trained physicians. Again, we're posting links on social media if you are experiencing any of this to use sound resources. And I'll post a link uh, in the episode notes as well uh, to some of my favorite episodes with NAPRO physicians who have been here talking about these particular issues. You know, Planned Parenthood is a feminist movement that claims birth control allows you to plan a family when you want to and when you are ready. And this is one of the tweets that they were posting about. But I find it fascinating that they continue to try to claim that birth control allows you to have your family on your terms when the reality is, is that many girls are being put on birth control by Planned Parenthood and the greater medical community at the age of about 13 years old. Then when they're 23 or more realistically about 28 years old and they're maybe interested in having children, they've been on birth control for more than half their life and at least a decade, if not working up to 15 and working toward 20 years. And then they suddenly get off of birth control and they just think that they're going to have children on their own. They can't. It's a lie. And I am devastated for these young girls for these young couples who have been told for years, birth control gives you your children and your timing. When the reality is, is it takes away our fertility, causes us to be moody, causes us to have other health issues, and then leaves a long-term after impact, that after effect that has impacted us for years to come interpersonally in our relationships, but medically as well. I have so much more to say about some of these tweets that I've seen regarding hashtag thanks birth control as the pro-feminist pro-abortion movement celebrates birth control today. I'll have to unpack them more on Friday with you because I think it's a really important topic and we should be able to respond to many of the arguments and there's some really interesting ones that came up. So thanks for joining me today on trending. Uh, really important topics, especially with regard to career advice and career changes for men and what you what do you do when you want to leave your marriage so share this episode with a friend relevantradio.com is the easiest way to do that and join us now here at relevant radio for the family rosary across america with father rocky
This is Timory from Trending with Timory. Did you know that most people who experience gender dysphoria, gender identity issues, have actually been suffering from another undiagnosed psychological crisis that has been impacting them long before the gender dysphoria and that maybe the gender dysphoria isn't actually the issue or even an issue? We'll talk about that with licensed marriage and family therapist Michael Gasparro, also talking about the international movement and consensus on the gender crisis. Join me Thursday, 6 p.m. Central, Relevant Radio.